Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. But God, who is rich in mercy. Now this conjunction where it says, but God, Brother Willie, it, it goes through, it says, God has made you alive. You were dead in the past. Satan was working and he had us all being part of disobedience. It says that we, our lifestyle, um, we were following things that we weren't supposed to follow, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, the mind. We were the children of wrath and we were just like other people who were disobeying God. But it says, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he has loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. He has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. I want you to catch what Paul says there before we move on and open the sermon proper today. He says, Mary, that there's things that are going on in our lives that we're going through and the whole purpose of that, of elevating us in Christ, is to show the riches of God in ages to come. In other words, there are some things that you and I go through that we may never completely understand in this life. Because God is, He's in it for the long haul, if you will. He is interested in showing His mercy and His grace in ages to come. I fully believe, and, and I stand here before you today, I, I'm fully convinced. I believe this actually more than I believe I'm standing here. I believe this with all my heart. I believe that in heaven, there are going to be things that God will glorify himself through us that we have no clue about right now. We don't even understand. And I believe that just as heroes in the Old Testament like Job or uh, Nathan or David or different people that we, Esther, that we talked about today, just as they had no clue that God was going to use them to instruct us and to glorify himself through their lives, we use those examples today. I believe that God is going to point to us and he's going to say, let me tell you about Alexander and what happened in her life. And Alexander, you may not even understand all of that now, and you may never understand it until you get to heaven. But God is going to use our lives. Aren't you thankful for his sovereignty today? Amen. God desires to place heaven in us through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It is this experience that gives us the assurance we're headed for eternity in heaven with him. And that's what I want to talk about today. One minute in heaven. One minute in heaven. Anybody ever heard of James and Orville Wright? The Wright brothers? Heard of those guys? Picture of one of them there. The Wright brothers were not set up for success. They're famous as being the first people to fly, Willie, but they weren't set up for success. The team that was supposed to be the first in flight was led by a man named Samuel Pierpoint Langley. He even sounds rich. Samuel Pierpoint Langley. He sounds like he's kind of posh and belonged to all the right 
clubs or whatever. Mr. Pierpoint Langley had the knowledge, he had the fame, he had the skill, and he had money. One of his biggest friends was Andrew Carnegie. You may be familiar with Carnegie from all the libraries that he built all across America. He was a famous man, a very powerful man. But Langley had all these connections and he was building a team to try to become the first to be in flight. And he was in competition because there was a huge competition as to who would be first. Now the truth is that Samuel Pierpoint Langley, Brother Wells, he really didn't want to fly. He just wanted to build an airplane. He really didn't want to leave the earth as much as he wanted to become somebody in the earth. He wanted to accomplish the task in order that it would give him the fame of being first. It really wasn't about flying for him. It was about being first and making a name for himself. Can I just, he wanted notoriety like Alexander Graham Bell inventing the, the telephone. He wanted notoriety like Edison inventing the artificial light bulb. He wanted that fame of being an inventor. I just wanna pause for a moment and remind you today that the wrong motivations can keep you from flying. The wrong motivations can keep you from getting where you need to go. Pierpoint Langley had all the tools, but he didn't have the right motivation. Whereas the Wright brothers had very few tools, but they really wanted to fly. They were in a, a bicycle shop that they owned. They were highly motivated and their motivation inspired everyone around them to contribute what they could because they had a vision that they truly wanted to accomplish flight. And they gave everything they had to it. And although they didn't have the big science team behind them, they didn't have the big bankers behind them, they didn't have all the resources, they didn't have the huge laboratories and all of the, 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 the equipment that they needed, everybody around them wanted to contribute. They were the original crowdsourcers before crowdsourcing was cool. Why is that important? I, just an example, I went by the post office this morning and in the middle of the, or last night, and in the middle of the stack of mail, there was an envelope that from an insurance company, I didn't even recognize it, but somebody in Missouri sent us a check to buy some chairs for our church. Crowdsourcing. We don't have everything we need, but God has put people in our path that are inspired by the vision that we have for Arlington and God is bringing resources where he finds faithfulness. And just like the Wright brothers were able to accomplish something that nobody thought possible because everybody got involved in their vision, I just wanna pause and say today that I believe the Lord, if we remain faithful to the vision of affecting our neighbors, our family, and our friends for Jesus Christ, he is going to allow us to do that through means that some of us don't even, we don't even know how the Lord's gonna do it, but he will send resources if we will remain faithful. Do you believe that? You believe God will help us? Do you? Or do you think we need, we need to have everything figured out on an Excel spreadsheet? Do you believe that God will help us? Or, or now I, I know we need to plan. But do you believe that we're going to strategize our way into a 16,000 person revival? That we're going to market and brand our way into people getting the Holy Ghost and the produce aisle of Kroger? I don't think so. I think it's going to take a miraculous inbreaking of the Spirit of God. But I happen to know a God who knows how to miraculously break in to our lives. I happen to know a Lord who has.
His miraculous power. Amen. The first flight at Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. You want to know how long it lasted, Willie? 59 seconds. One minute. 120 feet in altitude, not 35,000 feet. You wouldn't need oxygen on this flight. They wouldn't have to have the little mask come down that you put on and help yourself before you help your neighbor. 120 feet. There are over 20 buildings in Memphis that are higher than Orville and Wilbur flew that day. So, you know, you didn't need their airplane. Just go up to Clark Tower. You'd be higher than they were. Triple, right? It wasn't a huge stratospheric flight that they did. It wasn't a long flight. Within 24 years, Lindbergh would be flying all the way across the Atlantic Ocean without stopping. But on this day, they only flew 120 feet in the air. They only flew for 59 seconds. And they flew, get this speed. Now a jet goes about 700 miles an hour. They flew at about 10 miles an hour. A person jogging, a person jogging could have outstripped their plane. Brother Mosier, on your bike on Sunday mornings, you could have gone faster than the Wright brothers did on their flight. So it wasn't a fancy flight. It wasn't a high flight. It wasn't a long flight. But every sentence that I'm saying there includes a word that never before could have been applied to humanity. It was a manned flight. Lighter than air, powered by machine, and that had never before happened in history and it changed the experience of humankind forever. For thousands of years, humans had stood rooted to the soil, gazing at the clouds by day and looking at the stars by night, wondering what it would be like if they could somehow slip past the, the bonds of earth and harness enough power and ingenuity to become like the birds and soar in the heavens far above this planet that you and I call home. For millennia, they had tried to do that. But on December 17th, 1903, 117 years ago, all of that wishing stopped and the experience began. Imagination gave way to an open portal to experience. And for 59 seconds, the Wright brothers proved that it could be done. Some experiences are simply transformative. Once you've had them, there's no going back. There's no unhaving the experience of flight. There's no unhaving the experience of, of experiencing certain things that happen in life. And I want to tell you that once you have looked at the clouds from the top rather from the bottom, you never see the world the same way again. Once you've been in the heavens, you are changed forever. And as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. There are some experiences that you can have in God that are transformative because once you have them, you cannot go back to your old way of thinking. You can't go back to your old way of living. You can't go back to the old way of, of thinking about life because once you've been in the heavens, it changes you. Jesus said to the people who heard them, to heard him and obeyed his words, he said, the kingdom of God is within you. In other words, 
Heaven has come to earth and it is within you. How do we get the kingdom of heaven within us? I'm glad you asked. You asked the same question as in Acts 2.37. What must we do to be saved? Willie, this is what he said to do. He said to do the same things that you did. Repent, be baptized in water in the name of Jesus and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Paul said to people who have experienced that, it is transformative. In other words, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the old has gone and the new has come. You may still need to wash your hair. You may still need to brush your teeth. You may still need to mow your lawn. You may still not remember where you put your car keys. You still may be 15 minutes late or 15 minutes early to work. You still may have problems as a human being. Your bones may creak and your kids may not mind and you still gotta take out the trash. But there is something different about your life once you truly experience heaven when you truly realize what is going on and that the author of this universe wants to indwell your soul it changes something within you and it begins a murder of the old man and a resurrection of the new there is something inside of me that is killing the old me and is raising the new me to life i have not lived with him long enough to be a great saint but i have lived with him long enough that i'm a sorry sinner the pleasures of sin for a season are shorter and they're not as deep as they used to be because i can't act out and act ugly and be mad and, and, and treat people wrongly before long he'll start coming back to me and he'll start convicting my heart and say you shouldn't have said that you shouldn't have done that you shouldn't have been that way because there's something inside of me there's a piece of heaven on the inside of me that's transforming me and changing me because I have taken flight as it were I've been a minute in his presence and when you spend a minute in his presence it begins to change you Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, we read it today. He has seated us together in heavenly places. I said it before. Can I reemphasize it today in this church? Don't be afraid about being elevated in God. Nobody in this community of faith is going to look at you and say, oh, she thinks she's better than us because she, she's had this experience with God. No, because when you rise in God, it's not that you rise above other people. When God elevates somebody, He elevates all of us because we are seated together in heavenly places. There's no such thing as somebody being super spiritual and somebody not super spiritual. We are all in Christ. And when we are elevated, we're elevated together. I'm telling you, when the Holy Spirit comes into this room, it's not so it can just bless sister so-and-so or just bless brother so-and-so. The Bible says when it filled the house on the day of Pentecost, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And I believe the Lord wants to touch us all and bless us all and elevate us all. In the natural when somebody's elevated, people talk about them being uppity or, oh, they really think there's something. That, it doesn't sit well with others, pardon the pun, when somebody wants to elevate themselves above somebody else. But not so in the Spirit. Willie, when you get blessed to God, it blesses me. When you get blessed, Brother Mark, it blesses me. When God does something for your family, Mary, I get blessed. Why? Because we're family. We're not in competition. God is elevating all of us. That's the difference in the kingdom of man and the kingdom of heaven. I'm so thankful that I don't have to be jealous of you. I'm so thankful you don't have to be jealous of me. Because when he pours it out, some of it's going to splash over on me. Some of it's going to splash over on you. God's going to bless all of us together. And 
I'm so thankful that's the way he works. Paul said it's Christ in you. The hope of glory. That's what he called this Holy Spirit that we've been talking about as Pentecostals. When we spend time in the presence of God, and even more importantly, when his presence spends time in us. When it spends time in us, the Bible says that is the hope of glory. In other words, that is our hope that we can get somewhere different than one, two, three, four, six Dallas Ridge Drive, which is where I live. Somewhere different. Then 6183 Quintard, which is where we are right now. We talked about it last week. Our citizenship, Paul said in Philippians, is in heaven. You may drive in your driveway. You may put your head on the pillow at night at a certain address. But I'm here to tell you today, the Spirit is the earnest of your inheritance. There's a piece of heaven inside you. And the reason it's there is not to give you goosebumps on your arm or to make you just flop around and, and, and look funny when you're worshiping God. The reason why God put that spirit inside of you is because he wants to remind you that you're headed to a better place. You're headed to a better address. You have a higher citizenship than something great inside of you because he's taking you to a better, better place. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We have a hope that this life is not all. Paul said, if I had hope only in this life, I would be the most miserable person in the world. Now, some Christians seem to have forgotten about heaven because they've got that misery on their face. But I'm telling you, if I've got money in my bank account or if I've got bills on my desk and don't know how to pay them, I'm still going to heaven. If everybody likes me on Facebook and everybody gives me the thumbs up or if everybody cancels me out, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to heaven. If I'm healthy and I'm feeling well and I'm in a good mood, that's great. But if I'm sick or I'm not feeling well, I'm still going to heaven. There's a piece of heaven on the inside of me. It came inside of me when I spoke with other tongues and the Spirit gave utterance and I flew for about 59 seconds and I had a minute in heaven and I'm telling you, it's not enough. I want to go more and deeper deeper and further in God until one day I'm going to walk with it just like Enoch did and I'm going to be taken. I'm going to be caught up in the air and I'm going to go home and I'm going to be with my Savior forever and ever and ever and ever. Willie, do you want to know how you're going to see Sandy? You want to know how you're going to heaven? Because there's a piece of heaven that God has already put in you. It's called His Spirit. There's a piece of heaven already in you. It's the Word of God that you've been listening to on those tapes that Rebecca gave you. There's a piece of heaven that's in you in these services that you come to. And it's happening for all of us. And God is going to take us forever home to be with Him forever and ever and ever. The Bible said, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he will also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwells in you. I'm not worried about them putting me in the ground, into a grave, because if you put me down there, it doesn't matter how, bitter, how deep you buried me. When that trumpet sounds, I'm coming out because I've got a piece of heaven in me and heaven can't stay in earth. It's going to join unto itself and I'm going to be okay. Oh, praise God. I'm going to see my great-grandparents who, who planted a church, the second apostolic church planted in this state. I come from a lineage of church planters. 
I'm going to see my granddad who was a bivocational minister and walked on his diabetic feet until they were turned out like a duck's feet because he, 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 he sold peanut brittle for $2 a bag so that he could keep the church doors open. And my grandmother who couldn't sing a lick, sorry grandma, it sounded like the duck itself talking and everything, but she would get up every Sunday because there was nobody else to lead singing and that's what she did. I'm going home to see those people. I'm going home to see my mom who only had $11 and ties were $10. She said, we better pay our tithes because we got to trust in God. And we didn't have enough money for lunch, but God came through. I'm going home to see those people because there's a piece of heaven inside of me. And it's pulling me toward eternity. It's pulling me away from the lust of this world. It's pulling me away from pride. It's pulling me away from myself. And it's pulling me toward Him. The Wright brothers broke the barrier to the heavens. It was a short flight. It was a low flight. And it was a slow flight, but it was a flight. You may be a weak Christian today. You may be an inconsistent Christian today. You may be a failing Christian from time to time today. But if you are a Christian, there is a piece of heaven inside of you that is carrying you further than even you thought that God could take you. And if you'll just, let me tell you something. Those boys may not have flown, very far. But if you've ever flown and you still got the plane, you can go out the next day and you can get back in it and see if I can go 60 seconds today. I'll see if I can go two minutes today. I'll see if I can go 150 feet today. I'll see if I can go a little faster today. Once you break the barrier of flight, you can fly again. And once you taste this Holy Spirit of God and it comes inside of you, you can taste it again and again and again and again. You can pray again. If you fail, you can say, Lord, help me today to do better. If you make a mistake, you can dust yourself off. You can fall under the cleansing flood of Jesus Christ's blood and say, Lord, forgive me and give your grace to empower me and we can get back at it. Because if you've ever flown, you can fly again. Oh, I want to encourage your heart and united. Let's take flight today. Let's get in the Spirit. Let's respond to Him and let's say, Lord, I want to go further. Fly higher. Fly faster. Fly longer. Fly straighter. The experience that we have with God now is not the totality of our relationship with Him. It is just a foretaste. Please be patient with me. Because there's a piece of heaven inside of me. But there's a lot of earth between what you see and the heaven that God has placed within me. There's a lot that God needs to work on. But if you'll just be patient with me and allow me to keep flying, if you'll just be patient with me and allow me to keep interfacing with heaven, God's going to get that flesh out of the way. And God's going to get that anger and that pride and that bitterness and all those other things that work against me. He's going to get it out of the way. And the heaven's going to get stronger. And the Spirit's going to get stronger. And I'm going to get more like Jesus. And I'm going to be more like him and in the end John promised me and he promised you that we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is on that day Mark there's not going to be any more bitterness there's not going to be any more pain Rebecca there's not going to be any more loneliness with it but heaven that has been on the inside of us is going to be the only thing that's in front of us there's not going to be any more temptation there's not going to be any more sorrow we're going to be completed him oh stand with me today Oh, oh, the infilling of that spirit that Jana talked about renews and refreshes us. Titus 3 and 5, according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing and the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. 
I didn't show Janet my notes today, but she was right on it. We need to be renewed in the Spirit. Just because you've flown once doesn't mean you need to hang up your wings. Just because you've talked in tongues and you think you've punched your ticket to heaven, that's not what it's about. It's about heaven getting inside of us so that we can get inside of heaven. It's about the Lord making it more and more and more reflective of our lives reflecting His glory. One day, one day, if we keep flying, we're going to take flight and we're never coming back. One day I'm going to lift my hands and I'm going to worship Him and the next thing I know, I'm going to be surrounded by the saints of all the ages. One day, one day I'm going to weep in tears of joy at His presence, Rebecca, and I'm going to feel a nail-scarred hand rush against my cheek, and He's going to wipe away those tears and all tears out of my eyes. One day I'm going to close my eyes, Mary, and I'm going to be lifting up the Lord, and I'm going to be worshiping Him, and I'm going to open my eyes, and I'm going to see my loved ones and your loved ones who have gone before, and we're all going to worship and praise the Lord together, because if you keep walking, if you keep flying, if you keep worshiping, Pray. If you keep fasting, if you keep giving, God, God is going to put heaven inside. If you've ever been with Jesus, you're forever changed. You can never be the same again. Willie, I, 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 that's what they is. You may as well go all in for God. Because you're ruined as far as the world's concerned. As far as the, the, the ways of this flesh, once you've ever tasted the Spirit, you experience the Lord, it, it just changes everything. It changes your appetites. You, you hate the things you used to love. And you love the things you used to hate because heaven gets inside of you. And it starts changing things. Jesus. Jesus broke the barriers to heavens. The Bible says he's the firstborn of many sons. He came out of the grave. But Mark, he didn't go back. He ascended into the heavens. And he broke the atmospheric barrier. And one day, one day, that's our destiny. We're going to join him. And the Bible says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Last Sunday, we scored a fundamental truth. Our citizenship is in heaven. If we have been born into Christ, John 3, John 1, John 7, Acts 2, we were made for the heavens. Anybody want to fly? Anybody want to buckle your seatbelt, take an oxygen mask? Anybody want to fly? Anybody want to punch your ticket? And say, Lord, I want to experience your spirit today because I just want heaven to get inside of me. And Lord, you, you can make this confession too. Don't make it out loud, but if, if you experience a little bit of earth this week, a little bit of flesh, a little bit of pride, a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of concern, maybe a little bit of, of anger, a little bit of lust, something, something that wasn't heavenly, how about this way? Let's just allow the Holy Ghost to work on us today and remove everything that's not like you take out all the barriers. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, in order to fly, you got you to gotta just cast some things aside. I've been on an airplane before where people had big heavy luggage and they say, some of y'all are going to have to leave this luggage behind because, or somebody's not going to be able to go because there's just too much luggage and we can't haul all those things and you people. We got to choose. I don't want anything in my life that's going to keep me from flying. I want to lose whatever I got to lose in order to gain heaven because I've got a taste of it and I am not going to be satisfied 
until I stand before his presence, casting down my crown and worshiping him forever and ever and ever. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 10, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When you are in the presence of the Lord, you are so close to heaven that you can reach out and you can touch him with your hand. Would you close your eyes right now? Just reach out your hands. Let's touch heaven for a moment right now. And let's ask heaven to touch us. Would you lift your hands to Jesus right now? Say, Lord, if there's anything in my life that's preventing me from flying, if there's anything that's preventing me, Lord, from being who you want me to be, if there's anything that's preventing me, Lord, from doing your work or being pleasing unto you, if there's anything, Lord, in me that's not worthy of that, then, Lord, I'm asking you to change it. Lord, I'm asking you to move on me today because, Lord, I've had a taste of heaven. I've experienced your spirit, Lord. I've spoken with other tongues. I've been baptized in water in your name. I've received from you, Lord, and I'm ruined in this world. This world is not my home. I'm a pilgrim here, Lord. My true home, my true citizenship is heaven. Lord, I want to please you. Could we pray that prayer together? Janice going to lead us in a song. Could we pray right now that the Lord will put heaven in us more and more and more and more? Not just one minute, but every minute of every day. Let's live in heaven's glow. Let's live in heaven's favor. Let's live in heaven today because he has placed within us through his spirit. In the name of Jesus.